0: Oh, I feel like I'm onto a winner again today. Um, because uh, basically, I, I want to talk to you this morning about kind of the journey that God's been taking me on over the last 18 months. And uh, so the whole thing that God's been saying to us this morning about being in His presence, being with Him and having fun, is some of what I want to talk about this morning. Probably about 18 months ago, um, I was reading Exodus 33, which Jamie mentioned that passage a couple of weeks ago, and it's in that passage that we hear Moses being referred to as a friend of God, and uh, one of the things that Moses says at that point to God, because God said, I'm going to send you into the promised land, I'm not going but my angel's going, and you'll inhabit it. You'll have all the things that i promised, but I'm not going with you. And Moses had this dialogue with God where he said, well, who are you sending with me? And uh, God says, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be with you, Moses, and I'll lead you into a place of rest. And Moses says, well, I know you, you know me. We can't go if you don't go with us. And God changed his mind. And uh, God's been talking to me, particularly over the last 18 months, about cultivating a friendship with him so that he knows my name. He knows who I am. And I am aware of the fact that he is with me wherever I am. Um, So the challenge for me has really been to seek God for the sake of the friendship, not for the sake of anything that he might do or that I might do. Then one of the other passages that, that God's been particularly stirring with me is at the beginning of Isaiah 60, so I was very interested in what Kim shared Um, because it's that verse, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, I've heard people talking about that passage before, and about talking about us as if we are the moon that reflects the light of the sun. And actually, for me, that's a very passive position, I don't actually believe we reflect the glory of God. I actually believe the glory of God is in us. Because in Colossians 1.27 it says, Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. And there's been a theme coming out this morning about coming to that place of recognition of Christ living in us. And I was, uh, I was kind of looking at that word, glory. What does it mean? Because when you think of the Old Testament, you think of the glory coming and a very visible outward thing, like the pillar of fire and the cloud and that. But actually, the root of the word is renowned. And I was thinking, well, I'm going to be renowned then, am I, God? Because your glory is in me. But what he said was, actually... My glory is going to shine out of you so that he can be renowned. So I've been having some fun. I've been exploring with him what it means to abide in him and him abide in me. And uh, I was kind of looking at that whole thing of uh, when he says in John 14, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I was thinking, that's an interesting concept. Because actually, I think for a lot of my Christian life, I've thought of myself as a vessel. I'm an empty vessel for God to fill. And in one sense, that's right. But actually, God wants to come and make me his home. And uh, so I was thinking, well, what's the difference then between being an an empty vessel or a house where God comes and fills and being God's home? Because actually, as I've begun to explore that a bit, it's changed the way that I've thought about myself, the way I've thought about my relationship with him and the way that I live. So... um, just because I haven't got a PowerPoint because I normally mess it up and I forget to press the button and I never stick to the script anyway. um, I thought I'd get you to tell me what is the difference between being rented accommodation, living in rented accommodation, and living in a home. Perhaps just talk to the person next to you. Very, very briefly, 30 seconds. What's the difference between... Rented accommodation. I'm living in a rented house. And actually, I'm living in my home. (laughs) Right, I'm sure you've got enough ideas then. And um, you have to remember, I've, I've been brought up in the John Singleton School of Teaching and Preaching, that I have all the right answers. And if you don't say my answers, I'm going to give you the answers anyway. So... Come on. What's the difference? Claire? Okay. You've got a vested interest. You want to kind of look after it, don't you? More perhaps than if it's somebody else's. You've invested in it as well. Good. Yep. Not sure that's on my list, but I'll add it now. Okay. Anything else? Robin? Robin? Okay, there's that sense of it being temporary. It, you know, you're not building for the future. It's a very temporary thing. Good. Still not got all my answers yet. Come on, you were all talking. Lynn? Okay, so there's that sense of possessing it of ownership okay yes yeah, so you can express yourself and be true to yourself in your own home David okay okay yeah if it's not yours you can't alter things without permission when I, when I was very young, I used to love moving my bedroom round, so my mother would go off to work, and she'd come home in the evening, and all the furniture would be moved. How I moved, wardrobes, beds, etc., I don't know, but it was my hobby, but it was mine. I could do with it how, you know what I wanted. Okay, yeah, so there's that, it's that possession thing, isn't it, that I have a vested interest, I know what I'm going to do, There. I want to make this a thing that reflects who I am. Chris? Oh, no, I don't like that one. <laughs> Sorry. No, strike that from the tape, please. <laughs> Um, Yeah, actually, there is a responsibility, isn't there? And if something goes wrong, you need to kind of make some adjustments. Um, Kind of, I'll I'll pick up some more, but I just want to pick up on that one. I I was thinking, if, if I'm God's home, I want this home to be a place where he is comfortable. And... I'm partially responsible for that. Um, About a month ago, someone in our house had lots of rather large, loud, and raucous young people around. And uh, about two days later, one of us was sitting on the sofa and thought, oh, this sofa doesn't feel quite right. Not quite as comfortable as it was two days ago. And... um, Yeah, something had broken in the sofa. So we had to get it fixed. And I was thinking, it's like that. I'm God's home. Sometimes there are things in my furniture that need fixing. There's stuff that I get wrong, that I break, that I mess up. And actually, there's a responsibility to work with him to get the furniture fixed. So, you know, for some of us, some of our furniture may need fixing today. But that's okay, because the furniture maker lives in us. So he can adjust the things and change them. Okay, anything else? Steve? Okay. So a future. Generational thing. Yeah. Okay, so... You haven't got all of my lists, so you're rubbish, really. But, I th- you know, I think they were great. Um, I was thinking it's a place, really, where you can be yourself, where you can be real. We kind of pick that up, putting your own stamp on it. And um, Jesus wants to be himself in us. And what does that mean? Well, for me, that means that the things that matter to him will begin to matter to me. Uh, about three or four weeks ago, I was in Tesco, and uh, I, have to, I have various points in this universe which seem to be where, where God speaks to me and, you know, challenges me. But I was in Tesco, and I was going through the checkout, and it was this young girl there, and she said, Oh, oh I wish my shift was over. I said, Oh, why is that? You... Had a long day. Now I've got a terrible back. Okay, so dialogue going on in my head now. Oh, um, how long have you had that? Oh, since I was 15. Oh, do the doctors know what the problem is? No, not even I had a scan. They say I'm too young to have this kind of back problem. I don't think they even believe me. And uh, so I said, well. I believe God heals people. Can I pray for you? Thinking, Lisa, this is bizarre. And um, you know how normally there's a huge queue? Well, there was one guy behind us who at that exact moment ran off to get something he'd forgotten. (laughs) And there was a moment where I prayed with this young girl and uh, I could see something was happening. She, She looked at me afterwards. She said... Oh, I'm not kidding. I'm really not kidding. It feels really different. And then I was just able to share a little bit about the love of God and how much Jesus loved her and wanted to be a friend to her. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever see her again. I may do. But for me, that felt the most natural thing to do. Because it wasn't me... It was him and me, because he's in me. He wants to break out. Um, We can just receive the things that matter to him, and it mattered to him that this young girl had a backache. Uh, I, I was reminded also of Andrew Tittard, what he shared a couple of weeks ago, that whole thing of how when he looked up, he saw for a moment how God felt about us. And I think as we learn to allow Christ to live more fully in us, as we welcome him, saying, this is your home, we will see more of what he thinks of the world around him. The other thing about the home is, it's yours. You know, if it's a caravan and you live in a caravan and it's a mobile home, which I kind of feel like I am a mobile home to God. Um, I'm always in in there. He's in us all the time. Brings a confidence that I'm not on my own in things. I can talk to him when things get rough, or I can just hang out with him. I've um, really been enjoying just a greater sense of God's presence at very bizarre moments. So often in the morning, I'll go into the kitchen, and I'll open the fridge door, Turn around, put the kettle on. Ah, there you are. And he's there with me. And it's not that he's saying, right, today, Lisa, I'd like you to do this, this, this. And uh, you need to read a bit more, pray a bit more. Uh, There's a few sick to heal. It's he wants to be with us. He wants to be our friend. You want to be with your friends, don't you? And that's his heart. That's his desire. I was reading um, a book by Heidi Baker over the last couple of weeks. And uh, she was talking about um, kind of having special places where she meets with God. And one of her special places is snorkeling in, um, I don't know which ocean it is, off Mozambique, Martin? The Indian Ocean. So when she snorkels or scuba dives, she kind of feels enveloped in that sense of God's presence. Well, for me, that place is Moorgate Station. (laughs) How bizarre is that? Um, Probably about six months, maybe eight months ago, I I don't know how long ago, kind of I've been exploring these things with God and talking to him. And I was on my way to, uh, I work one day a week in the city, I was on my way to, to where I was working and going down the escalator at Moorgate, and I heard Lisa. So I turned round and see I'm a bit lazy really, so I don't go in when it's rush hour. I tend to kind of wait and go in about half past nine and you know have a coffee and you know dawdle along. And I just heard this Lisa! So I turned round. Funny. Nobody there. Absolutely empty on the escalator behind me. Thought, so, oh, ah, oh, must have been somebody over the other side called Lisa. No. And then about a week later, I was on the exact same escalator, almost at the exact same spot, and um, I had, <coughs> you know, when you like to get somebody's attention. So I swung round. Nobody is there. I've lost the plot at this point. (laughs) But no, I said, okay, God, you got my attention. And it wasn't that he wanted to tell me to do something. It was him arresting me in my daily life and saying, I'm here. Hey, we could do this escalator together. Yeah. So every time I do that journey now, I feel this bubble of excitement as I begin to get near Moorgate. Um, I think it's weird. I am weird. I can't help it. But then God kind of likes my weirdness. But that's just one way that, for me, he's telling me, I'm with you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I decided about a year ago to stop listening to music on my journeys into the city because everybody sits in their little isolated capsule, don't they? The ear plugs in, and you never connect with anybody. But I decided, hang on, if I'm going to hear what matters to God in the world around me, I've got to start connecting to people. Now, those of you who know me really well... Well, no, I'm not a great conversationalist. Hard to believe. What you probably don't know is, despite the outward, I am actually naturally a very shy person. PJ. (laughs) I'm assuming that was a little... (coughs) Something stuck in your throat. I am. I, I find it very difficult to to make conversation with people I don't know. I find it difficult with ones I do know. But but I found that as I made that decision, I thought, okay, all right, God, we're on an adventure together. We want to do stuff together. I'm just going to start saying hello to random strangers. Not me. It really isn't me. So just walking through the park, I'll smile and say hello to people. Not because I have to, but actually because I kind of think that's how God would want me to connect with people. Um, So I was at the station last week, and uh, I'd followed this lady down the stairs, and she had a walking stick. And... um, There was a whole bunch of different school trips going on. So the station was packed. And uh, I I happened to be standing next to the lady. I've got my coffee, because I'm chatting to the lady in the coffee shop at the moment, because who knows? I know a bit of her life story now. We'll see. And I was standing next to this lady with the walking stick, and I said, oh, must be lots of school trips today. And uh, she said, oh, yes, there often are. At this time, so I said, you off to work then? And um, she said, Yes, but um, I have to go in a bit later now because of this. And she waved the stick at me, I thought she was going to hit me. But um, so we got talking about what the issue was. And she'd had an operation last October which hadn't solved a, a problem with her knee. And I thought, Okay, well, you know, I believe God can heal people. Can I pray for you? Yes. Would you? Yes, I would. Is it all right if I put my hands on you? Because I think sometimes that's one way God touches people. So I just prayed with her. And uh, the train came in. So she said, can I get your details? So I was about to pull out my business card. And she took my photo. (laughs) Ah, you know. Um, I I didn't get to talk to her after that so it kind of wasn't concluded but I saw her get off the train at Stratford and run across the platform to catch the tube and I don't know what's going to happen with her but I know God was having fun he was having fun One of the other things that he's been talking to me about is, um, you know how we ask him for divine opportunities? Anybody ever done that? Okay, God, give me a divine opportunity this week. I've always found that very pressuring. Because if it doesn't happen, either God muffed it, or really I wasn't looking in the right place. And what God's been showing me is that if he's in me and he's in me in his fullness I am the next person's divine opportunity because the divine lives in me so I don't have to be asking him is it this one? is it that one God? what about whoop, What about this one? I can be the next person's divine opportunity. And that's why I've been having fun. Because it's not about me. It's not about what I can do. Because actually I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. It's about working with him in me and letting him show through me. So I just want to finish going back to Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. And I forgot my prop, just one moment. I, I suppose most of you are too young to remember this, but do you remember Benny Hill? And he, right, terrible, terrible. How my parents let me watch that as a young child, I really don't know. But okay, there was a character in Benny Hill, wasn't there? Which I haven't got the same kind of coat. But he he wore this sort of long mac, didn't he? Yes? <laughs> Richard? <laughs> and um, I was thinking, arise, shine. I don't want to be like that flasher <laughs> in the park. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we are. We're kind of Shine! <laughs> shine. We're like that, aren't we? We keep him under wraps. But the trouble is, he doesn't like being under wraps. He wants us to shine. Because he's in us. And he wants to break out of us. And all we have to do is say, okay, God, Show me what it means to live in the fullness of knowing that you are in me and with me. So arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. His glory, his glory will be seen upon you. Lift up your eyes around and see, they all gather together, they come to you, your sons shall come from afar, your daughters shall be nursed at your side, they shall see. then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy. There's a harvest coming, our children are coming, and they'll come as we shine and choose to say, God, I'm yours. Let me live in the fullness of what that means.